investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Thanks for joining me for episode 20 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. Well, welcome back, Melbourne, Victoria. Uh, we've certainly enjoyed the uh, the opening of new freedoms and getting back to some form of normality over the past uh, week or two, um, obviously with being able to get back into pubs and, and travel around to regional Victoria, but also now interstate to certain destinations, uh, masks being worn less frequently, which is, which is great as well. So... It's, uh, it's very enjoyable, but um, from a property market perspective, um, we're also starting to get back to, uh, to pre-COVID conditions as well, particularly for those that are fully vaccinated. So open for inspections and now um, unrestricted in terms of numbers. Obviously, if there is uh, for some of the tighter one and two bedroom apartments, agents are doing the responsible thing and restricting numbers in, but there's certainly um, no mandate for that at the moment. Um, there's no limit on number of attendees at auctions either. Um, and we're starting to see as a result of this less expressions of interest campaigns and, and reversions back to uh, in-person auctions. Um, the online auctions are still being utilized in different circumstances, but certainly the in-person auction is becoming more prop, uh, more common again, which is great. Um, so with that, obviously, Melbourne's form of um, street theatre is certainly starting to uh, to reassert itself, uh, and we're seeing a lot of people within the industry being very happy uh, with that. Certainly, we've been waiting for it for around four or five months to get back to that. So it's an exciting time, um, and it's great to have, uh, to have auctions back. So with that, I thought that um, today we might have a bit more of a detailed look at, um, at bidding at auction. So previously, earlier in the year, we, uh, we did a, a podcast on auction dynamics, but today I wanted to focus more on the very much specifics of bidding at an auction um, and some of the theories around that. So perhaps where, where to stand, um, when to bid, when to open, when to hold back, um, and how to bid. So increments, um, whether or not to uh, agree with an agent's suggestions or whether or not to dictate terms yourself. So these are all things that we'll look at. Now, Two of the key components to bidding at auction um, I've found over the years, preparation is really important, um, but so is confidence uh, and bidding with confidence asserting yourself. So let's have a look at both of those aspects. Let's have a look at preparation first. So you really need to be able to arrive at the auction uh, and know and have every confidence that you are ready to go. So you've done your homework, you've had the contract reviewed by a solicitor, you've had building inspections done if that's required, and you've asked the agent any questions that you're not sure about, particularly in relation to the contract. I mean, from my experience over the years, I've seen many people ask um, questions of auctioneers on the day of when they're uh, when they are given the opportunity to, and you are absolutely allowed to do that. However, those that do almost try and um, query things to try and put others off. I've never actually seen someone that, that does do that on the day of the auction, successfully purchase a property. So typically those are, uh, are trying to um, probably, they're probably showing up their lack of confidence and lack of certainty themselves rather than putting anyone else off. So key things to get organized and, and prepared before the auction are uh, your deposit. So making sure that's all ready to go, how you're going to pay that the settlement period and uh, having that agreed to so that you know the terms that you're bidding under and any special conditions that you may want altered or changed or inserted into the contract. Um, you yourself need to clearly determine the maximum price that you're going to go to. 
Um, now, this is not obviously where you want to buy the property, but more of a case where you're prepared to let the property go and perhaps miss it. Um, so obviously looking at comparable sales, but certainly particularly in a market like we're experiencing at the moment, looking at what market sentiment is dictating um, and therefore where you're prepared to go. Now, when you're looking at values, if you do need some assistance in that area, perhaps have a listen back to episode 13 of this year's podcast because we did um, discuss assessing values and, and ways to, uh, to take things into a certain circumstances into account. Okay, so let's have a look at actual auction day and the bidding around that. So First off, you need to decide whether you're going to actually bid for yourself or are you going to have someone else do it. Now, personally, I'd suggest having someone else do it for you. Um, I've never bought a property at auction for myself, and I know Richard Wakeland says the same thing, that he hasn't done it either. So you can. what we tend to find is that the, the emotion um, that you are feeling can certainly cloud your judgment um, and make you not necessarily think as clearly as what you perhaps would. I've got a good story around that um, for later in the podcast. Um but not everyone is cut out to do to bid at auction. So if you are going to have someone else do it for you, just make sure that they've got the confidence and the experience to do it. Um, they've bid at auctions before uh, and they're going to represent your interests um, in the correct manner. So bidding at auction is very much all about confidence. Um, now that doesn't mean arrogance or intimidation and there is a very big difference between that, but you do have to be able to assert your confidence when you are bidding. So. Positioning yourself at the auction is really important. Um, I like to make sure that I'm able to, uh, I've put myself in a position where I'm able to see the auctioneer, but I'm also able to see the majority of the crowd without having to to turn my head significantly to look at everyone. What that does is it enables you to, to watch what your competition is doing without moving around and perhaps changing your body language. Uh, but also see what they're doing so that you can see whether they are starting to talk more regularly with a, a partner or a friend or whoever they may be in attendance with uh, and how the uh, auctioneer is doing things. So having the right position is really important. Sometimes that can be right up front. Sometimes you might be able to stand up the back. Um, quite often it's a good idea to, while the auctioneer is starting his spiel, position yourself at the back. You can see where the crowd starts to form, where they are all going to, to stand for the auction. And once it starts to look as though he's going to call for opening bids, then you can put yourself in the position where you can see everything that you want to be able to see. Um, when you are bidding, uh, call out your bids. Don't just nod your head or agree with an agent's or auctioneer's sorry, um, suggested increments. Call out what you want to put your bidding at. It reduces the risk of you getting lost and, and losing track of where the bidding is or potentially um, increasing bids at, at higher increments than what you were intending to do. So calling out and, and knowing it, it enables you to track what you're doing a lot easier. Uh, I've certainly found that that's, that's really important. Um, the other thing to remember is that all auctions are different. It's important to really bear that in mind and understand that you're at a different property, you've got a different auctioneer, uh, you've got different competition, uh, so it's if you've got a really clear understanding that you're not dealing with the same thing, it's not a one-size-fits-all strategy when you're bidding at auction. Um, so if we have a look at some of the different uh, bidding strategies that people can adopt, um, and these are just not to say that they're right or wrong, but they all have their place at, at different auctions, um, but you need to read the situation to determine what's most appropriate at that auction. So first off, should you open the bidding? Now, some people don't like to do that, um, but in some circumstances, it's absolutely necessary if there's not going to be anyone else to do it. So um, 
where should you open the bidding? Uh, typically, a good place to start, and it's not necessarily, again, a one-size-fits-all, but a good place to start is around the bottom of the um, uh, quoted range that the auction, that the agent has been advertising the property at. It gives you room to move. Um, you, can, you can move up, but it also means that you're far less likely to have a vendor bid put in over the top of you. If you start well below, then you're likely to have a vendor bid put in over the top, and you'll most likely have to bid again. And, and in that circumstance, you could very well find yourself bidding against yourself. Um, so it's important to, to read that, but if you are going to open it around, it doesn't have to be right on the bottom end of the quote. It could be a little bit above, a little bit below, but around that sort of figure is quite often a good place to start. But again, if you're expecting to, there to be strong competition at the auction, then you may want to start mid or even towards the upper end of the, uh, the quoted range if, if you feel as though the quote price is uh, going to be well below the, below the eventual sale price. Others like to wait for um, everyone else to start bidding. To, to see who your competition is, um, let them to determine the increments, see if the auctioneer is going to be prepared to cut bids early or whether or not they're going to, to stick to their guns and, and keep the bids at a, at a stronger level. Um, and how is, is the auctioneer looking at specific people, other people um, trying to engage with them? So that might start to tell you as well who your competition is and are there likely to be other parties that are going to get involved. Some people like to only bid once the property is actually declared on the market. Now, this um, is fine in a, at a very competitive auction uh, where there's a lot of people out and about and the, the property or the bidding moves fairly quickly. But that's also a risky strategy if there's no one else that bids or if there's a, even worse, one person that bids. And if you're waiting for the uh, agent to declare the property on the market, you could be waiting a long time and the property may well pass in to someone else, which you then lose the right to negotiate at the vendor's reserve. So... Um, it, it can work, uh, but it needs to be in a strong market or at a strong auction. Otherwise, you will run the risk of missing the property altogether. Another one that's really important is once the bidding's um, up and running is being able to pause the auction or and pause your bidding more specifically. Um, it's usually done um, at a, around the point where you think the vendor's reserve is going to be. And what that does is if, if the bidding pauses, it the, allows the auctioneer to go inside to talk to the vendor um, and most likely that auctioneer and the agent will be making strong recommendations to the vendor to declare the property on the market and if they do that then you know you're playing for keeps. Now the risk there is that if you um, are dealing with an agent who is handling a non-referral auction um, then they may not go back inside and they may well pass the property in. And if you're not listening very carefully to how the wording is and what the auctioneer has said, um, perhaps during the, the preamble or during the auction, then you could very easily run the risk of having a, a property pass into someone else. And again, you miss out on being able to negotiate at the vendor's reserve. So it's a good strategy to use and an important one, but you do need to understand how your auctioneer is going to play, um, it, whether they are going to have a, a half-time break. Uh, altering your bidding increments, so um, cutting the bids down uh, below what an auctioneer is suggesting um, is certainly a, um, a way to try and slow the auction down, um, but it's not necessarily the only way, and, and don't feel as though just because you've tried to cut it down that you can't increase it again, because that really can start to assert your authority and, and show that you are there to to be serious, to be taken seriously, and to buy the property, and it really does start to demonstrate some confidence as well. And then bidding quickly or bidding slowly. And again, this, this strategy is typically utilized to do the opposite 
to what your um, your competition is doing. So if your competition is starting to really slow down, they're talking to their partner or their uh, whoever they've attended the auction with, having more discussions, um, almost finishing their sentence can really start to, again, assert your authority. However, if that's being done back to you and someone's trying to really rush you and, and encourage and want you to, to move on, then slowing your bids down and taking your time and not necessarily looking around and having lots of discussions, but just pacing yourself um, and determining when you want to bid and how much you want to bid still can assert your authority into controlling the pace of the auction. Okay, so let's have a listen to have a chat about some of the, the stories today. I've got actually three that I'll run through. The first one actually, as I said earlier, is around having someone else bid for you. And this is me um, acting as the client rather than as the um, as the advisor. So about nine years ago, my, um, my wife and I were looking to buy uh, a family home and uh, I had my former colleague, Paul Nugent, um, do the bidding for us uh, because I didn't feel as though I would be able to be as impartial as I can when I'm working for clients. So I'd done all the homework and determined our maximum price. Um, we got to the day of the auction and I was extremely nervous. Um, I get butterflies most auctions that I attend um, on behalf of clients because it is uh, an important thing, um, but it was not, not anything like what I was experiencing on this day. So it was a good thing to go through, um, to experience what particularly home buyer clients go through. Um, but Paul treated me as though I was any other client, um, which was great. Uh, so I stood next to him for the auction and he stepped me through every step of what was going on and what he was doing and how he was doing it. And at one stage, he did say to me, I'm going to pause here just so that we can put pressure back on the vendor, on the auctioneer to go in and get the vendor to put the property on the market. And I stepped back and thought, well, of course, that's what you're going to do. That's that's clearly the right time to do it. But I hadn't thought about it because of my, my mind was just racing. I was so keen to buy this property. Um, but Paul did um, exactly what Paul does and uh, and bought the property very well for us. And we were over the moon and, and love our, our, our home. So, yeah, look, it, it just goes to show that um, even those that bid regularly, um, and I know, as I said earlier, Richard Wakelin has always said that he's never um, bought his own property at auction. He's always had someone else do it for him. Another one, um, I've got plenty of stories that I could talk about with auctions, as you'd uh, no doubt expect, given uh, what we do. But this one um, was a client that I, uh, a home buyer client that I bought a property for um, a number of years ago now. Uh, we'd done our, all of our homework. They had a very specific area that they wanted to be in. Um, and this, we got to auction day. This property was quoted at 1.2 to 1.3, which at the time was a very low quote, we felt. Um, and from memory, we had around a bit over 1.7 as our upper limit. Uh, so we were, I was confident without being, um, as thinking that we would be guaranteed of buying the property. But it does, it did open. The auction was, was a little slow. There was a vendor bid to open the auction at 1.2 mil. And then another party um, gave the auctioneer a $20,000 increment uh, increase that he was calling for. I matched that and gave another 20000 on top and the um, the opposing bidder immediately started cutting the bids down to $10,000 increments, but I kept my bidding at $20,000. Um, they were bidding fairly regularly, but only in tens, and I was mixing mine up between a ten dollars and $20,000 increment at the time. Now, the property was put on the market at a tick over $1.3 million, so typically in line with the quote. Uh, and the bidding went back and forward until it got to 1.51 with me holding the bid and the um, the other bidder just stopped dead in their tracks and, and didn't um, and didn't bid any further and we successfully purchased the property which was great 
Um, now, my clients were obviously very excited and very happy to have bought the property um, and very happy with the price that we'd purchased it for. But the interesting part of this one came um, the following week where my clients were talking to some friends of theirs um, and had mentioned that they'd bought a new property and were very excited and gave told these people the address. And the friends sort of looked at them a little quizzically and said, uh, oh, my sister tried to buy that house on the weekend. But they uh, they stopped bidding because the person that they were um, they were bidding against had an endless supply of money and they were going to pay anything that they needed to to purchase it, um, which they had a good chuckle about. But I was over the moon to hear that because that's the exact impression that I'm going for when bidding is that we've got an endless supply of money and that we're uh, we're here to buy the property. So that was great to hear, um, and they they had more money but had stopped. Um, so I'd certainly uh, would save the client a lot of money with the with the way and the manner we conducted the bidding. And then finally, it's um, another scenario. It's not always about that bidding with confidence and bidding with authority. I had a, um, one auction that I came up against uh, an advocate um, who I'd bid against before. I knew that they uh, had a, a regular strategy of almost trying to um, get in a, a back and forth as regularly as possible and try and finish my sentences rather than me doing that to someone else. So I decided I'd sat, stood back and, and looked at how the um, the crowd was shaping and, and saw that there was a, a, a van parked in the street. And I decided that I would position myself on the other side of the van from this advocate so that he couldn't see me, but the auctioneer could, and I could hear and see the auctioneer quite clearly. So once the bidding started, um, I was able to to, um, to communicate and bid, but control the pace and slow things down. So, and this, because I wasn't as vocal as I perhaps normally might be, um, the other advocate wasn't able to um, to start to finish my sentences and really try and assert himself. And, and we were able to purchase that property um, at, a, at a really good price. Uh, so the client, again, was very happy. So it's not always about um, trying to bid with uh, with authority and, and over the top of others. Sometimes it's about um, controlling and slowing things down. Okay, so that's about it for today's episode. So thanks for joining me for episode 20 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As always... Share with friends and family, and um, and if uh, anyone else would like to register for the podcast, you can do that through any of the uh, podcast channels or let us know and we can put you onto the list. Um, and if you would like any further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.